it's much more important to understand that it's not just that you win, it's how you win that matters. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Voices of Santa Clara podcast. I'm your host, Malachi Finn. What's up, guys? We're back. I'm your host, Darius Johnson. Hello, guys. It's long overdue. My name is Antonio, your host. All right. Awesome. Well, I know y'all are probably thinking it's been a while. <laughs> it's been a long time. It's been a very long, long time. time. Uh, we're thinking the same thing. And I'm curious, like, what have y'all been up to? I mean, <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> it's been a while, man. You know, school's been a bit busy. Uh, a lot of things have been happening in both the economy and the environment. So it's been a really crazy time, but um, we've been away for a long time. Sorry we've been gone, but we're back and that's some really good stuff for you. But but yeah, what you guys been up to, man? Honestly, the same thing, recruiting season. It's definitely a topic that we'll be touching on in this podcast and uh, school and just trying to line everything up. We're all in our junior years now, so things are really starting to pick up and progress. What about you, Tito? Man, this post-COVID era or kind of post-COVID era has been kind of crazy. Just juggling a lot of things, getting back into the mix. Mm-hmm. Um, still fighting Zoom fatigue and all type of things. But yeah. definitely one thing that's uh, been a huge update, it's been the internship season, the process. Yeah, that's a big thing. Like, we're back in person. I, I feel that's like we crazy. haven't really took the time to talk about this, but our entire sophomore years, we were on Zoom. We recorded the podcast that you all heard on zoom so this is honestly one of our first times ever recording in, person, in a group all three in the same room right now yeah, yeah so so y'all are listening to history right now so <laughs> as we begin sure. we definitely wanted to kick it off and uh and more so talk about our summer internships so the reason why we want to have this discussion is because we think it's so important as college students to get experience prior to your entry-level roles as you know when you try to apply to these different types of companies they ask do you have these two to five whatever amount of years of experience and you typically don't have that. So how can you prepare yourself in college? And that's the type of conversation we're going to have today to really give you a perspective as to what we have done within these past three years, how we prepared, and how we're going to go ahead and uh, move forward with our internships this upcoming summer. So Tito, go ahead and kick us off. Yeah, guys. Um, so kind of like Malachi said, I think it's really important. Uh, we were all that freshman, curious, how, wondering how to get an internship. So yeah. hopefully we can share that, that knowledge. So I'll go ahead and kick it off. I'm curious, you guys, what has been your internship journey up to this point? Um, and have you had any internships before? Up to this point, it's been a, honestly a smooth journey. So my freshman year, I did not have an internship, which most freshmen freshmen don't. So yeah, like, for any freshman listening, do not feel as though you're missing out on things because honestly, there are a lot of people that have gotten great junior year internships, myself as an example, and Tito as an example, well, all of us as an example, but... Um, and, and they also didn't have a freshman year internship. Darius is different. But so the point is that you can make these accomplishments without having a freshman year internship. So just want to make that clear. But my freshman year summer, I was actually writing a whole bunch of essays for scholarships thinking that I was going to be able to <laughs> remember make that. money. Remember that? I yeah. won nothing. Uh, I, <laughs> I didn't get one single uh, scholarship for that. I was like, wow. But but another thing that I did in that summer was I bought a lot of marketing books. So. If you don't know, I'm a marketing major and I took time to buy books called Made to Stick or The Psychology of Persuasion. Um, Another book that I read was about different ways in which you can implement these marketing strategies into your portfolio and and the campaign. So essentially, what does that mean? That means taking those times in those early years to learn about the roles and what you would actually be doing in the internship before you even start uh, applying to things of that sort. Like, how are you educating yourself about what you'll be asked prior so that you feel prepared? So that was something I did in that initial year. And then my sophomore year, 
I actually got an internship with AT&T. I was on the retail marketing team. Mm -hmm. It was a 12-week internship. And uh, one of the things that Darius and Tito know that during that recruiting season, I was interviewing with a few different companies. Um, one in particular I interviewed and got an offer for was this sale. Oh, <laughs> you remember that? Texas? It was Texas. Oh, was it was a pest control sale. <laughs> In wow. Texas. And uh, that's not what I we wanted to do. You not to take and, that. But I was going to take it because I didn't have anything at the moment. And this is one of the biggest takeaways from this story. And I'll continue. But bet on yourself. Mm. If you feel as though you can do more and you feel like you're prepared, take the chance. So I got an offer for that pest control internship and I declined it because I felt as though I would be willing to take something else. And I didn't think that was what was made for me. And that wasn't what I think my calling is. So I declined it and I ultimately got invited to applied to the um, to interview for the AT&T Edge internship. And I did that internship. It went well. I got to learn about all different types of retail techniques. Uh, I got to work closely with HBO Max in a few different ways in which they were allowing us to insert things into a, a web-based platform called AOX. I learned how to do um, cloud rendering and designing the different deals for Samsung, iPhones, I mean, Apple, um, Google, et cetera. So it was a great opportunity for me to learn about the corporate space. So I'm interested. What about you all? Yeah, for sure. No, and that's really, really great uh, experience too. And like, like Malcolm mentioned, just all kind of different paths. Uh, no one path is the right path, and um, you know you shouldn't be really focused on you know I have to do X, Y, and Z to get to your role because there's so many different ways to get to that end goal that you have in mind. I think the first step is just you know think about like what am I passionate about and you know what, what do I care about, and then once you kind of find out you know what you're passionate about, you can find out what steps you need to take to actually get there. So I think working backwards really helps, and that helped me. Um, I learned, um, you know, relatively early kind of what I really wanted to do back in high school. When I first started interning, uh, interned for a, a startup in high school, that was great. Learned a lot. It was in the fintech space. Um, got really close with the founder there, and that really helped me understand like what kind of journey and path that I wanted to go down in the kind of startup, you know, early stage ecosystem. Um, but then coming to Santa Clara, so I'm a finance major, but I came in as an MIS major because I thought MIS was like a mix of business and, and, and technology. I was, I mean, it is, but I didn't really understand what it was in terms of like information systems and data. So shout out to all the MIS majors there. Definitely wasn't for me though. Um, <laughs> and then I remember I talked to um, a few folks um, in a business frat that I was a part of and I learned about finance. Um, and then I learned about a key subset in finance called uh, venture capital, private equity, which basically means uh, where you're um, investing in younger companies and you're helping them grow, helping them create their product, et cetera. So um, I learned about that. Um, and that I learned is like, hey, that's kind of like the other side of the startup ecosystem. So I entered at a startup on the more operating side. And then now I saw this is the other side of startup where you're actually raising money and funding. So um, that really kind of fit my passions and kind of what I wanted to do, which was to build things that solve problems. So or invest in things that solve problems. Mm -hmm. um, so my first summer internship um, was interning with a software investing firm based in the Bay Area. That was phenomenal. Um, I Learned a lot, met a lot of great people there that really helped guide me and, and really um, helped kind of introduce me uh, to this world of investing. And there were some really great mentors there in the senior leadership that kind of took me under their wing and knew that I wanted to do this for a career. Um, and they really helped me in terms of like, hey, here's a game plan. Here's what you need to do. Usually a role in, at an investment banking firm is kind of like the next step to take before you kind of jump into a career like this full, full time. So that's what I did. Um, I did a lot of networking, which uh, I think, again, is like a really, really big part for any job that, that you want. Um, but I did that to uh, get into the investment banking industry, which was my next internship the following summer, um, where I interned at Goldman Sachs in New York. That was great. Um, I learned a lot about the industry. 
Uh, we can talk deeper about like return offers and like, learnings and highlights and lowlights. Because there's some pros and cons. Um, you know, I don't know if you know any guys here like working 100 hours a week as a sophomore intern, but there's a lot of you know. Uh, but there are also many pros to that role as well. Things that I was able to see at that age and um, where it kind of helped put my career as well. Um, and then you know, after that, interned at a venture capital firm called Harlem Capital for the fall after Goldman Sachs. That was great. Again, learned a lot more about the earlier stages. Um, and then this upcoming summer, um, you know, have roles that we'll, we'll, we'll talk about the roles we have coming up for the summer. So we won't spoil that. But yeah, that was a journey. And really, I guess, big lesson there is networking. And a, a lot of it was meeting the right people, talking to the right people, and kind of figuring out kind of what's that end goal. And then once you have that end goal in mind, work backwards and say, okay, what steps, what companies, what processes, who do I need to talk to to actually kind of reach that end goal? But I'm curious, Tito, how was your process like? Yeah, definitely. So I'll say you definitely had a lot more internships than me. Um, and that kind of goes back to what Makai said. Everybody's internship background is kind of different. Yeah. Um, so me personally, I don't know if you guys know this, but freshman year, I actually did have an internship. Mm. Um, it was literally... I didn't know that. The startup. I remember that. It was a startup, yeah. 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 So it was really just a resume building type of um, preparation. Mm. I saw people like Darius who already had a full resume and... I uh, took upon, I literally looked up on internet and it was like, internships, <laughs> like, <laughs> internship. hey, like Google, deep, Google, yeah. right. And like this company was, man, they were hiring everybody. Mm. They was hiring. Um, but actually the CEO reached out to me um, and saw that I had like a Spanish background, saw that I had a, a minor marketing background and a couple of extracurriculars I did in freshman year. Um, so he kind of gave me this lead role um, in starting my own team. And this was really cool because I was able to um, find out what I wanted to do. Right. Um, and this was like a Spanish marketing position. A little bit more emphasis on the marketing than the Spanish, but I was able to, I, I want to work in a team, right? Mm -hmm. And I, I like, I don't like being in front of a, a desk of a computer the whole time, um, just like putting in numbers. That wasn't me. Um, so yeah, I think that was really helpful in helping me out. Um, and I also had one in high school, but that was kind of more so a how do I say front desk job, secretary job? And that, mm -hmm. that was also when to say that I don't want to do a secretary, like busy work type things like that. Mm -hmm. I like innovating, talking about ideas, brainstorming, that type of thing. Um, so, yeah. Well, I'm quick, just a quick follow up on that, Tito, because I didn't know that you were doing the resume work. So what made you interested in product marketing in particular? How did you come across that and want to go into those types of positions? Right. So kind of in that internship, we did marketing, but it was more so like outreach, mm -hmm. um, talking like social media marketing. Yeah. Um, and that was cool and all. Um, but like on the other side was another marketing team that focused more so on the product itself. Mm. Um, and the product was like a, it was an app, actually, a startup app of, of during like social activism. And this was during like the burst right. of like black lives matter movement and mm -hmm. so like it was catching a lot of air um and it's funny the ceo had like nothing but college students working for him and mm -hmm. like the people who were in my team were like three college students all looking for the same experience that i was yeah. i think one even high school student right wow. so it was really like cheap labor let's be mm -hmm. honest right? <laughs> it was cheap labor um but like when i had to how do i say like figure out like what how the team worked i shadowed the product marketing team mm. and then what they were working on was way different they were like you know taking the metrics that they had and then like putting that to the sales team putting that to like um the graphic design team and kind of working coherently with other groups yeah. um where i was kind of just focused on one thing which is like mostly social media now that makes sense yeah that's dope so that kind of gets us into the next question that i have which is how do you find out about the type of positions you wanted to apply for 
And what got you interested in those types of companies that you apply to? So Tito, I think you touched on it. So maybe can you just build on top of that and more so regards to the companies rather than the position? Yeah, so kind of like what you said um, and what I kind of said already, I wanted to do product mm-hmm. and for some reason product specifically in technology. Yeah. Um, it's something that I feel, fell in love with um, from conversations I had with Darius, um, conversations that I had with a couple other mentors. Um, I found that technology was going to be my future. And I just knew it was going to be keep innovating. I want to be in that hedge of innovation mm-hmm. um, in Silicon Valley. So I applied to mostly tech companies. Uh, the, some that come to mind were like Zoom, mm-hmm. um, Roku, Microsoft, and then a couple other startups that I uh, can't really think about right now. But yeah, those were the, the main ones. Um, how about you guys? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think really like in terms of like finding the roles that I wanted to apply for, I think what like really happened, and I said this earlier, was like realize kind of what you mentioned, like, you know, you want to be in product, right? You want to kind of be in tech, realizing, hey, I want to be, I want to invest in technology, right? So with that in mind, what companies do that, right? And like, where are they located? Like, where do I want to live? Where do I want to be? And then what type of size of company do I want to work at? Is it a large company? Is it a smaller company? Um, you know, what kind of work do I want to be actually doing, right? So there's like different kinds of work that happen in the investing industry, right? So kind of which side that I want to be on. So once you kind of have those like different things that you're able to look at and see like, how can I start to kind of whittle down what companies make the most sense for me? Um, I think for me, I came down to a small subset of companies. So before, it's crazy, in the finance industry, especially in the investing industry, the recruiting process starts extremely early. Um, so before I even set foot in the office at Goldman Sachs for my sophomore year internship, I already had my internship for the following summer um, lined up like a week before I even started. So because um, it's a really early process for the following summer. Now, I knew I went to, I was going to go to Goldman. It would be great. Got the offer to go back. But I knew that's not what I wanted to do longer term. I knew I wanted to be um, in the private equity industry. So essentially, like what got me interested in these kind of companies is, again, I realized, you know, what size of company do I, I want to work for? What kind of work do I want to be doing? Um, and then I applied to a lot of different companies, um, names like Blackstone, KKR, um, Inside Partners, um, I still like, you know, Goldman, Morgan Stanley and like, you know, all those companies were like, you know, looking to kind of stay in banking. Um, and then also did some things um, in, in the hedge fund um, um, industry, so like Bridgewater. Um, so there a lot of different companies in the investing realm um, and then settled in on going to technology-focused private equity um, this summer. So again, it's a very long process talking to a lot of different people, but it starts with like, you start to like, you know, whittle down what makes sense to you. But how about you, Malachi? What was your dream like? No, absolutely. It was kind of similar. So in, during my AT&T internship, because at that point I was uh, in this 12 week internship, I was working with the creative team. So I was actually one of the people that was creating the graphic designs for the deals and offers. And while it was cool and, and also got opportunity to look at the different meetings during like the retail settings and looking at um, the different ways in which they wanted to rebrand. We had a meeting with all of the marketing team, the global marketing organization, and they were talking about the different ways in which they wanted to shift the brand voice and the um, the the creative that was used on the platforms and making it more consistent and have a unified brand voice that enables customers to know what our mission is. And in that, I thought it was so much more engaging. And I liked it because of the strategic perspective rather than I'm creating uh, or making these different graphics. I enjoyed that much more. And I always thought that that is something I would rather be into more so like the strategy side, the executive position. How am I targeting the customers, what is my positioning going to look like? So those different elements of marketing was something that I feel like was more so my calling. Mm-hmm. 
So after the AT&T internship, I felt like I did a good job, but I wasn't sure if I was going to get a return offer or not, to be honest. I feel like it was good, but I didn't know what the bar was set as. Yeah. So because this was my first internship in college, I had one in high school, but that was different. So when I got the return offer from AT&T, I actually had already been interviewing with other companies. So this last recruiting season, I was interviewing with Pepsi, Intuit, Google, um, honestly, not that many companies this time. So with the Pepsi interview, oh, well, I guess we'll get more so into like the, <laughs> the ins yeah. and outs of it. But yes, those are the companies that I applied to. And how I pers- went about that was going on to LinkedIn and looking at marketing internships this summer. Really that simple. And just looking at the different offerings that they had, looking at the job responsibilities and built on, based on my resume, what I had done mm-hmm. and what I had a higher chance of actually getting called in for um, the keywords, those different things that you can mm-hmm. tailor your resume for and kind of get an idea as to what you can be a candidate for. Yeah, that's really good. Um, before I actually jump in and ask you guys another question, I was curious to hear, um, there's usually this kind of thought in college that the GPA doesn't matter. You're like, you know, looking for jobs or roles. So I'm just curious quickly to hear from you guys. Do you think GPA does matter in college and when you're applying for jobs? And if so, how helpful was it for you to do well in school in order to kind of get the roles that you guys have today? No, that's a great question. I mean, for me personally, I've always thought GPA mattered ever since high school. But this is because I'm somebody who's very driven and um, organized and structured in a manner where I just have intrinsic motivation that right. forces me to really want a high GPA. In regards to if it matters or not, I mean, it depends for certain positions and companies, right? If, you, if you're if you going to be in engineering, software engineering, you want to work at Meta, then your GPA <laughs> matters. Yeah, right. Um, exactly. But if it's like in a role and if it's a recruiting role and they're more so worried about how you interact with people and your customer service ability, uh, that, that changes things. So I would say it's an industry set type of standard. But for specific, like the better roles, I'm going to say yes, mm-hmm. I would say that the, your GPA matters, but the, it's not the end all be all is really the, the point is more so about your experience. But to get that experience, you need a decent GPA or at least you have, have had to have different uh, extracurricular activities right. within the school. And like, how are you interacting? Are you in a frat or are you in what are your networking opportunities essentially that can bypass your GPA if it's not desirable? Yeah. So the way I see it, I don't think it will make or break your 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 interview process right or like the decision um now if you have like a one point something and you're applying for like a, <laughs> like a high-end job now i think that might they might take a look and be like all right mm-hmm. um but i don't think typically it's gonna matter like that heavy right um actually i don't even think the major matters and also that mm-hmm. kind of goes again with depending on what you're you're applying for right? i feel like if you're applying for something like a pe right something like darius you kind of have need to have a little more kind of a finance background but all these marketing internships that i was applying for whole time i was a communications major um and i feel like more so they were just worried about the way i talked um whether or not the, how i talked about my um my background that whether or not i could do a goal um yeah that type of thing what do yeah, you think that's good no i think you guys hit on all the all the main points i just i just curious if that's something that i know a lot of students think about and they be here when they come to college and they're curious about like how important is the gpa I think like it's as simple as this, like do as well as you've been doing in high school. I mean, if you're at a school like Santa Clara, number one, but if you're at, you know, really any other good school, you got a good GPA. So just keep that up. Um, and if anything, it'll support you. Right. It never hurts to have a high GPA. Um, so I think that's just you know one way to definitely look at it. But there's other factors like experience, involvements, et cetera. Um, I'm curious, like throughout your guys recruiting process, 
what were some of the highlights you experienced, right? So it was through the process, maybe like, you know, through a role, what were some of the really good parts and exciting parts about, you know, jumping into this process? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I go ahead and go first. Um, I'll kind of, I'll kind of answer this in a different way. So like what I started seeing like an immediate um, difference from all my internships and usually all the like um, interviews that I had was when I started kind of like carrying myself and talking about my my background aligned with the the theme or mission of the company. Mm. Um, and that's what I feel like I saw most of my highlights going because before that it was kind of like, okay, well, I'm saying the same thing for everything. Um, and like, I feel like they're not really, how do I say, vibing with me as much <laughs> as, as, yeah. as they should. Um, but when I kind of align myself with their mission statement with like, like for example, the for Microsoft, it was growth mindset. Mm. Um, and so when I talked about like some of the background things I did for other companies um, and other extracurriculars, I kind of talked about and emphasized and had this lingering theme of a growth mindset, right? Mm. And I, I think that's also important for everyone who's listening, like whatever company you're like interested in, make sure you do like an in-depth investigation, like do everything you can to possibly know everything about that company because mm. then now you can align yourself with that goal. Absolutely. Yeah. To, to piggyback on that, I think it's definitely important to understand either the new products that they're rolling out, the different campaigns. So for example, when I was doing my last recruiting season interviews, so one of the companies I mentioned that I interviewed with was PepsiCo. So during these interview rounds, I was mentioning how they had just started this new campaign with Doja Cat. And it was something that happened that week. So that Mm -hmm. illustrates that I had been prepared and I was researching the ongoing events. And I also mentioned their DEI initiatives of investing $400 million throughout the next few years. So just understanding what program first that you're applying for, what are the things that they want you to know and that they care about, like Tito was saying, and then implementing that within your answers, but also also differentiating yourself based on what you really want to bring to the table and what makes you unique. Because at the end of the day, a lot of people can know the same type of technical skills or have this idea of what marketing is all about, but it's, do they want you to be on their team? Are you somebody that they would want to go out and drink with? Would they be willing to invite you to mm. a birthday party or something? It's more so about your fit within the company. Cultural fit is a big aspect. And also, you're on the other side of the table. Is this somebody you want to work with? Mm. Remember, this is an interview for you and them. So when you're in these sessions, come prepare with questions. That's I think that is definitely something that set me apart, that the questions I had were not the typical, what's a day in life look like for you in this role? There are other people that are going to be asking those questions. But more so, look at their LinkedIn Look at the roles that they've held. Ask questions such as, oh, I see that you used to work at uh, Ralph Lauren. What were some of the elements of Ralph Lauren that were very challenging to you? And how did you respond to those? And how did it help you prepare for your next role at this point? That's a, a question that's, you're showing, you've done your research about them. You want to know something specific about that role and how they've now grown. And that illustrates that you are somebody who wants to continuously grow. So I would just say having those opportunities to uh, research the employees um, that are going to be interviewing you and more so the company, like like Tito was mentioning. Yeah, definitely. Um, those are all super good points. And I think what Tito mentioned about, you know, the culture is super important, right? Because like you want to ensure that like you understand the culture that you're getting into. And as Malachi said, like, you know, I've heard this advice from, you know, someone that I was interviewing with that the two main things that people care about, Malachi mentioned one of them, is one, do I want to work with you, right? Like, do I want to hang out with you? Do I want to drink with you? Do I trust you to complete your assignments on time? Mm-hmm. Do I trust you, you know, um, to be able to do work at a very high level? And then the, the next question is, is there something unique about you that would add value to our team and our culture, right? So those are the two main questions that no matter what 
you know, questions are thrown your way that are maybe a bit more technical or behavioral. Those in the back of someone's mind are two of the main questions that they're trying to answer really underneath every question that they're asking you. Right. So I think those are really to like really great advice. Um, one thing I think was really a big highlight for me was even before I started interviewing or talking to people, it was networking with people within the firm already, mm-hmm. right, to kind of put a face to the resume. So um, I'm a firm believer that um, you should never apply to a company that you're really passionate about without reaching out to someone at the company first. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's super helpful, especially if you're applying to a really large company, they have a lot of volume, uh, 10,000, 100,000 applications a year. I think it's very important um, to be able to reach out and talk to someone that can know who you are, you know, can put a face to your resume, can know you beyond just, you know, what's written down on, on a document. And that's been very helpful for me was I was able to talk to a few people at the firm that I wanted to go work at because I, I kind of understood that the way that this firm operated is they typically kind of like to talk to people that were on what they had was called a, uh, a hot list. In order to get on the hot list, so someone had to know who you were, either you went to the same school or they talked to you before. So I, you know, made sure that I talked to a lot of people at the firm and then found a few folks that I really bonded with and then really kind of leveraged those people to really help me kind of get within the firm. And what's really awesome about it is it started off as an opportunity to um, leverage and have them help me get into the firm. But beyond that, I actually was able to build really good bonds with them um, and actually was able to really like, you know, call these people like folks that I'm really excited to you know, talk to and meet once I get to the firm. So I think overall, it's about ensuring that you're talking to the right people, um, you're networking. Um, and when you apply somewhere, make sure that you reach out and talk to someone because that will only help benefit you down there in the uh, long run, for sure. Absolutely. Those are some really good insights. Yeah. Sure. Awesome. Um, so we mentioned some of the highlights, right? So like some of the really good things about the process, things that we liked. What are some of the cons and some of the lowlights for you guys, you know, throughout this process, right? So like, what are those things that maybe you would do differently that you improve mm-hmm. or things that you really didn't expect going in? No, absolutely. So I can go ahead and kick us off with this one. So my sophomore year internship recruiting process, I recall that uh, in those beginning interviews, like the first round is always behavioral. And I feel like I'm going to knock those out the park every time. I know right. what motivates me. I know what sets me apart. I have this idea of what I want to bring to the table. So after getting through those rounds, when they asked me technical questions, I remember it was with Marquetta. So this is a company based in Oakland. I think I remember So And this was product marketing mm-hmm. at Marquetta. I believe it was. And I remember being in like the second round interview. Things was going smooth. And then all of a sudden she said, okay, so I'm curious. If I were to want you to start this marketing campaign um, within the next few months, what would be your first steps of going about it and how would you measure your success? Mm. And I had never been asked something like that. Before. <laughs> like, I was not I was not prepared. Yeah. So I would I gave an answer that was weak. Like it was, it was okay, it was cool, but I knew okay, yeah, this might I might not get this. Right. And I didn't get it. But this was a great learning point and this failure was so beneficial because after that, I started to write down the questions she asked in that interview that I didn't know so that on my own time, I could prepare and review those. And this is something that I took on with me in this last recruiting season. So when I was interviewing with Intuit and Pepsi and they were asking me and Google um, and they were asking me about these specific questions that pertain to marketing campaigns and how it would address things. For example, one of the questions I was asking my Google interview was, uh, how would you make Google Maps profitable? Mm. And this was a question. And it was so crazy because in that moment, I had something immediately. And right. I was just going off. prepared. Right. And I was like, and I don't even know really how it came to my mind. But I said something that was very good. 
And uh, I won't <laughs> tell y'all because I don't want y'all stealing my sauce. <laughs> <What's but>, uh, <laughs> yeah. Everybody be part of our that Google. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. But um, but it was and it was just great because the preparation helped me so much. Even in the Pepsi interview, they had given me this data chart, uh, different statistics about the retail outlets, and they were asking based on these sales, does it look like we'll be able to make our two percent annual growth rate? Mm. And I was looking at the data. I remember they said, "We'll give you a few minutes to think about it." And in my mind, I was like, I don't know how I'm going to answer. Yeah. I'm looking at the different statistics and the distributions. And then I gave her a decent answer, but I feel like it wasn't good enough. So mm-hmm. afterwards, I spoke with my coach from MLT with Management Leadership for Tomorrow. It's a career prep program. I uh, strongly advocate that any BIPOC student or minority at Santa Clara University and beyond, you should apply to this. They have no partnerships. But I spoke with my coach and I got feedback and I told her about the question that kind of had me stumped. And we discussed it in the different ways that I can approach it next time. So what's the key lesson from this? When you have a failure in an interview or you feel as though you didn't answer to your highest quality, return to it at a later time and see what you can do to improve the next time because it's going to come back again. If you're interviewing for the same roles, you're going to get similar questions. So you need to be prepared and understand that one setback is not the end all be all. So just be prepared for the next round. That's like one of the lowlights I would suggest, but how I flipped it and made it something spectacular Mm. in the end. Wow. All right. So I'll keep it short because this is actually really similar to your experience. Um, I remember when like I was applying to Roku, it was kind of like the first internship that I had or was interviewing for um, in the like product marketing, like marketing realm, like kind of high tech tech. Right. Mm. Um, And they like asked me a question about metrics. Right. And it was like something. How will you generate leads um, based off the last like report of uh, marketing like it was mostly uh, a marketing metrics right which i come to find out was actually really important in the marketing like field Mm -hmm. um knowing your metrics being able to present those that data through a story through a presentation right um and honestly i had no idea how to do it um and kind of like you i just tanked i said Mm -hmm. some bs um, (laughs) and it just did not go the the way i planned um oddly enough i got the internship Mm. um but it was definitely something that I saw was a common theme in all the product marketing internships that I was applying for. Mm. And so I just kind of like you got better, practiced it, also talked to my coach from MOT. Mm. Um, and yeah, I was able to, you know, make a, a more prepared question every time I'm asked that question. How about you, Darius? Yeah, definitely. Um, those are all really, really good points to talk about, you know, those interview questions that can stump you. Um, I'll talk about some lowlights, I guess, throughout the the process leading up to that point. I think one of them um, was definitely the networking process, which is a highlight and a low light, but it's a little, it's a low light because it's really like, it's like a super, I guess I don't call it like tedious process, like networking, talking to a lot of people every day, getting denied a ton of times, like, you know, no responses. So for, the, for those out there right now that are trying to network, talk to people on LinkedIn and, you know, send out emails, and you feel like, man, like I'm not getting anywhere. Just know, like, it takes a long time to, you know, find that right person to, to, to chat with. So don't feel discouraged. Don't give up because that's definitely one of my lowlights. But I think pushing through that and find those folks who will who would talk to me, you know, were really open to talking to me, I think was like, you know, some of the most helpful stuff. Um, I think one other lowlight would be I had one um, interview. So I interviewed with uh, about, like I guess, between like seven different seven companies um, for this year's internship. And the one that I didn't get um, was with a firm called called Blackstone, um, really large private equity firm. And I was going through the process, got to their you know final round process for their private equity team. And what had really hit me and stopped me wasn't the behaviorals, but it was the technicals. Mm-hmm. Um, I really didn't practice. Um, so something that they do is essentially 
have you write uh, a, a practice model while you're talking to them. It's like they give you data and you're writing it down. It's kind of like a, they call it a, like a, a paper model, right? So like usually models are done like in Excel, but for this interview, you kind of write down on paper and like, like, like walk through your thoughts. And I didn't prepare for that at all. So when I was getting this and it was really kind of complex numbers and data and I was trying to, you know, build out, you know, um, even the revenue bills because like, you know, different like, you know, ratios that make sense and the return on the capital. I just like didn't really understand it at first, how to build what was called a leveraged buyout, uh, buyout analysis. Mm -hmm. And then after that, I knew I had, you know, blew that. And after that, <laughs> I made sure that I practiced that. I talked to some folks that I knew from banking that had gone through the same process. They walked me through it. Um, and then, you know, I didn't have that same mistake again. Um, but I really wanted Blackstone. It was like the second one on my list. Um, you know, after that, I was kind of hurt, but I knew I still had my number one left on the board and I had to kind of, you know, make sure I did well enough to go and do that. So I think really overall stories like really uh, keep on going, even though when things do get tough, whether you're discouraged from networking, whether you apply to a company and like you don't get it. Um, there's always more companies out there. There's always more folks to kind of talk to and network with. And if you just make up in your mind that you're going to network, that you're going to apply, that you're going to kind of go through the grind. That to me is half the battle. Mm -hmm. So half the battle is actually saying I'm going to actually do this because half the, half the people won't even take that first step. You mm -hmm. know, half the folks mm -hmm. won't even send out messages. They won't send out emails. They right. they won't apply. They won't get in stuff like like MLT SEO. They won't mm -hmm. even apply. They won't even do it. Right. So at least the first step is just actively saying in your mind, I'm going to do this, and that's the first step. And after that, you're doing half the battle, and then the grind begins. But just make up your mind, saying I'm going to do this. To me, is like one of the best things that you can do, and it'll help you a lot in the long run. Yeah. Um, I would definitely say that I think we all just gave a lot of insightful insights. Um, one of the main things that I kind of take away from this, what you kind of said, Darius, is like making sure you apply and also reach out because I think that's like the biggest thing that no one else does, as you said. And I don't know if we mentioned it, but we were all able to secure an internship for this junior year. Awesome. Yeah. Good job, guys. It's great. Yep. Yeah, so I'm part of the ACE Microsoft product marketing um, program. Mm. Um, currently on Sound the good. yeah, currently on. <laughs> Sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> he said all right. Yeah, um, but currently working on the Xbox team, Xbox mm. gaming team. You didn't yeah. tell us that. Nah, that was me, bro. Did. No. Well, like you, like oh you, yeah, I met you. You like told me. You I mentioned it. Yeah, yeah, I didn't know that. That's hard. Yeah, so wow. that's something I've always, I've always been an Xbox connoisseur my whole life, right? Mm. Over wow. PS. So interesting choices. Interesting yeah. choices. Yeah. <laughs> but um, definitely excited about that. Um, yeah, how about you guys? No, that's awesome. So this summer I'll actually be an associate product marketing management intern under the Google Bold program. Mm. So this program wow. I'll be. <laughs> I recently, <laughs> recently got placed. Uh, in the San Bruno office, which is the YouTube headquarters. So I'll be on the That's YouTube awesome. side of things in the streaming industry. And this is an industry I've been interested in for a while. Uh, product marketing is definitely that great opportunity to combine tech and entertainment. And it just gives me this great insight as to how these things work and really media uh, is innovating in, in the technical mm -hmm. space. So it's just been a great opportunity. And I start June 13th, going to be a 12-week internship. So very mm -hmm. excited. Uh, what about you, Darius? 12 weeks, yes. It's going to be a great, great time. Um, that's awesome. Um, so yeah, so, um, this summer, um, I'll be, um, uh, interning at a technology focused private equity firm in, in New mm. York. Um, what we do is we invest in technology companies. So either startups that are like super early or we'll buy an entire technology company and kind of own it and make it better and sell it. Um, so I'm like really excited to be in this industry. Um, 
the boys, you know, really want to be on this side where like you're actively investing in in companies because those that know me, that I'm very big on like building companies and, you know, like, you know, wanting to build my own company. So I think being on the other side of, you know, seeing how they work, investing in them, buying them, owning them, making them better, selling them, the whole process working with companies can help me personally, you know, understand that side of the business better and then decide, hey, you want to go build something myself or, you know, stay on, on the, you know, investor venture capitalist, you know, PE side. So, um, yeah, really excited for it. Um, as Mike, I mentioned, it'll be in uh, New York. Um, yeah, <laughs> New York. Um, but yeah, um, that's the second home. Time. Yeah, uh, it's not, but first time <laughs> in Chicago, I'm over here. But, um, but yeah, but again, I mean, as you guys hear, like, What's like really phenomenal is there all three different journeys to get to the points that we are today. And by no means, um, I can speak for everyone here, we don't feel satisfied. It means that we feel like we've you know, accomplished all of our goals. Um, there's so many things that are left to do, some things that we're still learning. And all we're doing here is sharing back to you our learnings from our current journey, our current processes. And again, all different paths start different ways. There's no right way to get to where you want to go. Um, and hopefully this was a helpful example for that for you guys to kind of see, you know, what can I do better? Um, or, you know, what can I learn to do better for me to kind of, you know, get that next step in my career? Or I have a role this summer and what can I best do to prepare for it? What is it like? You know, was it, what is it going to look like? So that's a great question. So what are you going to do to prepare for your internship this upcoming summer? What are the types of things that you guys plan on implementing to make sure or to at least uh, maximize or optimize your opportunity for mm -hmm. to succeed in this internship? Yeah, for sure. Um, that's a great question. So I, I think having the previous experience of the last role, I think it could really help me prepare for this upcoming role. What's, what's awesome about an internship is you can view it as maybe like a long-term interview where the company's trying to see, you know, can this person be a right fit in our culture mm -hmm. environment? Can they do the work? But also like, it's a fun chance for you to enjoy a summer, work at a really cool company, you know, make money doing it and then decide, hey, do you want to do this for the first, you know, two years, however long, 10 years for, for my career? Mm -hmm. So I think what I learned from last summer that was very helpful um, was really spend time meeting as many people as you can. Mm -hmm. um, I think what was great for me is I went to a place where like there was a big coffee chat culture. So I talked to a lot of people that were in my division of investment banking, but also were in trading and asset management, et cetera. So, and really building close bonds with your Cohort is very important too, right? Because you're interning with folks from different schools across the country. So I think that's something to really like take advantage of. And in terms of like preparation and like, you know, what you should know, I mean, I personally don't spend too much time worrying about like, should I build a model Excel or should I read XYZ books? I think I spend more time enjoying, you know, college before I jump in. And what I'll do is I'll make sure that I research, you know, the company, the roles, like, you know, what I'll be working on. Um, but more so kind of going with an open mind and like willing, willingness to learn and then kind of make mistakes fast, fix them even faster. Um, and then, you know, from there, have a really good experience and get the return offer. But how about you guys? Yeah, I really want to emphasize what you just said, like a long-term interview is your internship experience. I think that's, wow, that's just wonders. Um, I personally think that a growth mindset, and not to sound too Microsoft, but a <laughs> growth mindset. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it. having, having a, an open open mind to all opportunities, learning to be in your vulnerable place. Um, and just kind of going with that mindset um, can go a long way because I think they see that as well. And then, you know, they see you're open to, to grow and uh, grow with the company. Um, but also, like you said, I think coffee chats, um, networking with other people. I know I personally talked to like people in my Intel cohort, um, some of my managers and even people who were in the same program that I was two years uh, ago. So mm. I think it's important just to, you know, when, when I get onto Seattle, I know a couple of people already. That's dope. Yeah, and just to close this out, I think definitely things that I plan on doing in this upcoming internship is uh, having coffee chats, as you all mentioned, 
Because in my last internship with AT&T, I spoke to my supervisor and the people with my a part of my team, but I didn't speak really to members from other departments. And I feel like I um, kind of sold myself short with that with by not learning about different opportunities within the company mm. and just expanding uh, the, the network that I may have been able to um, you know, obtain. And while I still got a return offer for that, that internship, I think I could have done more to really put myself out there. So in this upcoming internship, I plan on speaking, of course, to my team, but also other teams within the, the company, just to learn more so about other opportunities that may be out there. And definitely one thing that I want to uh, instill within everyone is to ask for feedback. Mm-hmm. I plan on having a lot of chats throughout every single week with my supervisors to ask for feedback in real time instead of waiting to the very end because maybe you could have made a change that would have enabled you to get a full-time offer and you never asked what that mm-hmm. could be. So within this internship, I really want to be um, active and uh, ongoing asking about what are the things that I've been doing in the past? What is your positive feedback? And what is your critis- constructive criticism that can help me improve? I mean, maybe sometimes they may not have anything that you need to work on to improve, but just having that space and creating an atmosphere where you can continue to grow is something that I plan on doing. Yeah. All right. Well, that has been another episode of the Voices of Santa Clara podcast. In this episode, we discuss things that regard to your internship search and how you're going to be able to capitalize on what you've learned in the past to prepare yourself for the future. So we hope you all appreciated this web, uh, this episode. And if you have any questions, <laughs> if you have any questions, yeah. uh, please be sure to drop it in the comment section. We want to engage with you all and you can also help us kind of understand what we're going to talk about next. So, um, but before you guys go, mm-hmm. I'm sure people are curious if our ideal Saturdays have changed. <laughs> you know, I think that's a really big thought, man. It's like, what are our, what are our ideal Saturdays like? So real quick, forgot. rapid fire. What's your ideal Saturday like? You know, I mean, it's the Voice of Santa Clara classic. We haven't said it in a while. I feel like you guys are just like burning to know mm, if we've right. changed our ideal Saturdays. All so, right. Tito. Honestly, right now, NBA playoffs are on. Mm. So, hopefully, watching uh, the Warriors lose with mm. and Luka Doncic to beat them. That's with a good uh, slice of pizza or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's my ideal Saturday as of right now. That's dope. For me, my ideal Saturday, I think it may have changed. I don't remember what I said because this was a while ago. <laughs> yeah. A while ago. Three like, years ago. That's a while. Better. Very long time now. But um, as of now, my ideal Saturday is to go to a concert, specifically an R&B concert. Mm. Uh, prior to that, I go to get some Mexican food. That's my favorite. I don't know if y'all know. Y'all might not. But uh, that's my favorite. I didn't know. So now I know. <laughs> to get some yeah, Mexican food. Uh, eat that. Hopefully be in the company of somebody that I enjoy. And then... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then go to an R&B concert and uh, cap the night off well. So that's I say that's my ideal Saturday. I feel it. Um, my ideal Saturday would probably be so I usually use Saturdays to not do any work related stuff. Um, so I usually use that Saturdays whether it's hanging out with a girlfriend or hanging out with friends. Um, and I think you know just really that's it for me. I mean, it doesn't matter what I'm doing. Um, I tend to like like to do a lot of work from the Monday through Friday and then on Sunday. So. If anything, on Saturday, I can spend time with uh, those I care about um, and just relax and not have to worry about um, other things going on. It's a good Saturday for me. It's like a movie, watching a game, um, watching the Bulls next year, win a championship. Great time for me. So, appreciate it. All right. Well, we want to end this podcast. and Thank you all for continuing to support us throughout these past several months that we haven't been posting. Um, we're definitely going to change that. We're back. <laughs> we're back. Yeah, so... <laughs> Thank you all for listening. We hope you have a wonderful rest of your weekend.